Well, I'm going to get started here. Okay, thanks everybody for uh, uh, for coming to this uh, forum. It's uh, it, it's something that um, I've uh, I, I've learned a lot, and as I begin began researching this more, I'm going to put this down a bit. There, that's. Can you still hear me? Okay, everybody hear me at the back. Good. Um, it's. Where I began learning a lot of, about this is, I mean, I've always known that there's things in the Bible that talk about, you know, the love of money is the root of all evil and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I decided to take a little bit more uh, educated focus, I guess, uh, on it and uh, started going through some of the courses with uh, Crown Financial. So a lot of the material uh, that I have is a mixture of uh, material from Crown Financial as far as uh, the step uh, step by step process of different things but uh, in, in in combination with some of the things that i 've learned um, it's w one of the things that uh, not sure if we realize is that uh, Jesus spoke more about finances or money in the New Testament than any other subject in the new testament and uh, and, and that was that was a real eye opener to me. I mean, he obviously knew that it's something that we're going to have some struggles with. Um, it's um, we we need to turn our minds uh, to the Lord and stop focusing on, on ourselves. Um, when I first got married, got married very young, um, I started off with uh, with a lot of debt. I uh, I, I didn't want to stay in that small apartment and things. I wanted to have that house right away. I borrowed a lot of money. Um, I had, I think I had it calculated out at one time that uh, I needed to work a couple hours of overtime every week in order to be able to make my payments. Um, it's, uh, but then I am of a German background and uh, once I had that debt, it was right down to things of let's work and let's get this thing paid off and, and on we move. So, do you have debts? I guess uh, one of the first things, really, what is debt? It's, uh, the dictionary says it's money or property which one person is obligated to pay to another. I got a question. Who here has debts? So, we got most of us. How many of you have no debts? Perfect. Do you use Do you use a credit card ever? Use a, you use a credit card ever? Anybody that had their hand up that doesn't use a credit card, you have debts. Perfect. But you still have debt. You still have debt. You owe money for that period of time. It is still a debt. We don't We don't look at it in that kind of way. But and and if you don't. Perfect. So the the different items that are that didn't work. Oh yeah, the different items that are uh, debts have got listed. I don't really need to go through the the details of them. We we know what they are. So who? Uh, oh, that didn't work either. There we go. One of the things that we have to get to to start off with in our lives is recognize who owns everything. This doesn't work all the time. There we go. Um, the, the Lord obviously owns all of our possessions. In Deuteronomy 10:14, we read, "Behold, the heaven and the earth. Sorry, behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens is the Lord's. Thy God, the earth also, with all that therein is." No. So, the land belongs to God. We can read in Psalms. I'm not going to read all the, the verses. Um, the Lord is in control of, uh, of everything in, in our lives. We take that control away from him sometimes. 
the Lord provides. I put some of the scripture verses up there. I'm not, I don't have time to read them all. But, uh, um, and we are stewards of, uh, of the Lord. And we are to be faithful whether we are given much or little. In 1 Corinthians 4, 2, it says, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So, differences of thought between the world and, and, and God. Success, the world applauds success, but God applauds faithfulness. We are the we are the Lord's managers. Um, we are to be faithful with what we have. Be faithful with a hundred percent of what we have. Be faithful in in little things, and be faithful with other people's things. What do I mean by other people's things? It's something as simple as just borrowing something off of somebody and returning it when you say you will return it. It, it starts with the small things in our lives. We can't handle large debts in our lives if we don't start with the small things in our lives. Contentment, another really key component. Contentment's mentioned seven times in the Bible and six of them refer to money. I wonder why. Philippians 4, 11 to 13. Not that I speak of respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to, be, how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I'm instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. One of the things we see in that verse is contentment is not something that comes naturally to anyone. It's, it's a learned thing. Actually, I just read Philippians uh, 4 there. Um, so why is, it, why is it so hard to be why is it so hard to be content? It's because most of it's because of what we are bombarded with on a daily basis, what we um, subject ourselves to, whether it's the advertisements, whether it's the magazines, whether it's, it goes on and on. But we, we somehow have this tendency of comparing ourselves to, to other things. What should we be content with? Well, in First Timothy six eight says, "In having food and raiment, let us be therewith content." Our culture understands this to be quite a bit different. This our culture understands this verse to say maybe, uh, "If you can afford the finest food, wear the latest fashions, drive the newest luxury car, live in a beautiful home, then you can be happy." Wrong. A lot of times, less can be more. Um, it's, it, it's amazing of how you, if you want contentment and happiness, the more you have, the more you have to maintain, the more time it takes, less can be more. Discontentment. What creates discontentment? Comparing our lives, lifestyles to others. Keeping up with the Joneses. You know, uh, chances are, you can't, even keep, you can't afford to keep up with the Joneses. And you know, you just, you just get to the point where you, you catch up to the Joneses. What do they do? They go further into debt. 
And you think oh, everything looks so great. Coveting. Um, well, in the commandments, it says, in the in Ten Commandments, it says it's a sin. Most do it without realizing it because of a, a lack of focus on the right things. Um, you know, the Bible says uh, uh, a greedy or a covetous person is an idolater. Um, we have to be careful to, to what point of how we look at things, of, uh, of the level of discontentment we can, uh, we can get to in our, in our lives. Um, the Bible tells us, don't be conformed to this world. Uh, Romans 12, 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to have an eternal perspective. Our, our culture wants us to. Our culture wants us to um, focus only on the immediate. Take no thought for tomorrow. If our focus is here and now, the long term is disappointment. We really need to gain an eternal perspective, lay up treasures in heaven. This will gain us God's peace. So how do finances affect us spiritually? As we mentioned, a lack of contentment. We know the saying of the, the, the that love, the love of money is the root of all evil. Matthew six twenty four says, "No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You can't serve God and Mammon." We get into this point in our lives where we. We really, money becomes such a, a focus, whether it's because of debts, whether it's because we have a lot of it. It's where we seem to go through this thing of not really understanding how to, how to handle it. And uh, how we handle our money impacts the closeness of our relationship with God. Every time you apply one of God's uh, financial principles, you grow closer to him. How does God control our finances? He accomplishes his intentions. He he, he has full control of, of, of everything around us. And, and we need to understand that it's all his in the first place. He uses it to develop our characters. He also uses it to discipline us at times. It may be through the lack of it for a period of time in order for that we get down on our knees and, and put him first and ask him to help us to help us with it. Some uh, startling facts that uh, kind of put together. Um, a lot of Christians have been taught how to handle 10% of their income God's way, but don't know what he wants them to do with the other 90%. Christians give an average of only 2.4% of their income. These are real statistics. Every 27 seconds, a couple in America divorces, affecting some 10,000 children. Money problems play a major role in most of these divorces. North Americans have widespread dissatisfaction with their jobs. The average man changes jobs every four and a half years. The average woman every three years. A 
82% of middle-income Americans say there's not much money left over after they have paid their bills. The average American family that has credit cards has at least six. A quote by Dave Ramsey. I'm sure a lot of you guys have uh, heard of the name Dave Ramsey. Um, a, a new $28,000 car will lose about $17,000 value in the first four years you own it. To get the same result, you could toss a $100 bill out the window once a week. We have to recognize whose money we're actually dealing with. It's, it's not our money. The Lord has given us the ability, if we, if we have a job, he, he has given us the ability to have that job. He has given us the health to be able to have that job. Everything we have is his. Everything we have comes from him. Um, sometimes you, you, you may hear of, uh, of people complaining of that, oh, they're looking at increasing our church dues. Uh, meanwhile, they're a really low amount. But it's not ours. It's, it's not ours to say, oh, no, I don't want that increased. Slavery to debt. Romans 13.8 says, Owe no man anything but to love one another, for he that loveth another hath fulfilled the law. The Bible talks about debt as being a curse. There's, there are so many verses in the Bible that actually talk about owing another man about debt. According to the Bible, we shouldn't have any debt. Is that possible in today's day in society? Yes. Um, I will get on a little bit later on a couple areas in our life that I think debt is acceptable under certain conditions. And there's not very many things that it's acceptable for. Debt presumes upon tomorrow. When we have a debt, we're making the assumption that we're going to be around tomorrow to pay it back. Or the next year. Or in 30 years. And what does God tell us about our, our cares about Tomorrow. Debt may deny God an opportunity. What do I mean by that? Well, God may make you aware of a particular need of somebody that has a particular need and needs either your time or your or, or, or money to get them out of a situation or whatever it is. Well, if you're so in debt yourself that you've got to work day and night in order to, in order to make ends meet, you can't fulfill what God is asking you to do. And if you do, it's like half-heartedly or it's, it's like you can only do a little bit of what the Lord really would want you to be doing. Um, he may inspire you to go on a mission trip. But you can't afford to go. Because you got bills to pay. There's a lot of examples of how debt can deny God an opportunity. A lot of times, we, or you, have debt because you wanted something before or even if God wanted you to have it. So, a question. Will God, would God ask us to do something that actually puts us into debt? If you go by the scripture, no. Something to think about.
when can we owe money? My statement about what do you want us to go into debt, there, there, are some, there are a few cases where that could be, but not in a general way. So when can we owe money? It's for a home mortgage or a business. Chances are of you starting out with, uh, with a home or a, uh, a business without, uh, 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 without borrowing money is, is probably fairly slim. Not impossible, but it is, it is slim. But there's a criteria that needs to be met. The item purchased is an asset with the potential to appreciate or produce an income. The value of the item is worth more than what is owed on it, factoring the market value drops. And the debt is not so large that it puts undue strain on the budget. This is not what I'm saying that the Bible says this is okay to do. I'm saying, reality speaking, in, in our, our direct lifestyle, not, not our lifestyle, in, in the life, in the place where we live, the reality is that you probably need to borrow for some of those kind of instances. But if you meet the criteria, if there's a problem that comes up, if it needs to be sold, if it needs, um, uh, if it needs to be transferred, in whatever way that it is, you have more value than what you, than than what you owe at all times in that in those particular cases. How do I get out of debt? Well, I'm not going to be able to have the time to get into all the exact exact details in this time frame. Um, every every person's situation is completely unique and for some people they can just go through a step-by-step process and actually deal with it on their own uh, for a lot of people um, you actually need you, you need you need some help with it um, and it, it may just be dealing with ta- uh, dealing with somebody that has already gone through a process like this but the very first thing that we got to do is we need to pray. We need to get on our knees and we need to pray and ask the, the Lord to help help us and give us the knowledge, the ambition, and to stay steadfast to it. Um, you need to establish a budget. You may help need help with that one. Um, list everything that you own and you owe. There's a lot of people that just keep going through life and just keep plugging away at things and they really don't completely comprehend everything that they own and that they owe. Usually it's the part where they owe that there's always one or two little things that are just automatic coming out of those accounts and sort of forget about it. Um, Establish a plan to pay off all creditors. Consider earning additional income. That one's, that one's a difficult one sometimes. Um, that can apply in a few instances, but in a lot of cases, it's usually our mismanagement of what the Lord's already given us that, that is causing some of the problems, and it's requiring a, life, a lifestyle change. Um, accumulate no new debt. Be content with what you have. We already talked about changing your lifestyle, and don't give up. At least, don't give up with getting rid of debt. True financial freedom. If you want this, you got to give to the Lord first. It's first fruits, and yes, I'm referring to tithing. 
um, I can speak from experience. You do that. It doesn't matter what situation that you're in. You do that. And God starts picking up a lot of the pieces. As long as we're taking it in prayer first. It's not, just the, just, it, it's not about the act of doing this. It's, it's our mindset and, and, and our heart. It's like going on a diet. Um, you have a budget set up. You have a plan. Um, if you want to get from A to B, um, you, you need to have... If you're on a diet, what's one of the things that you do? You go on a scale once a week to check on progress. You need to do the same thing with finances in your life. It's something, if you're, if you're married, you need to sit down once a week and, and actually have discussions about it. Discuss about how we've done. Discuss whether we're on track, where, where we failed and where we, uh, and where we achieved our goals. It requires a new mindset. Um, if I don't need it, I won't buy it. And obviously, no new debts. Um, Having financial freedom, I can, I can definitely attest to the lifted burden of that. Um, your whole life changes. Your whole life changes. Um, I want to get Diana to actually just share a couple minutes of uh, just, she recognizes the differences more, and I just get railroading through things a lot of times. Well, um, Willie and I, we got married very young, and um, we didn't have any money saved at all. I was just out of high school, age 18, so we didn't have any money saved, and um, when we got married, um, we actually had debt. Um, but God did bless me with a hardworking husband, and, um, but he did take debt very seriously and worked a lot. Um, once we did have a family... I felt like a single mom because um, he wasn't home most of the time. Uh, he'd be gone early in the morning before the kids were up, and um, he'd be home in the evenings and just would get to spend a bit of time with them at that time. Um, numerous times I would tell him and uh, express to him how um, you know I felt with uh, being a single mom. <laughs> and. Um, and my thoughts and views of him working so much, um, and that he needed to spend more time with the family, uh, but he couldn't see that because all he, all he felt was this big cloud of debt over our family, and he took that seriously, um, which it is a serious matter, but uh, it was to the extreme, and uh, and that's all he could focus on was this debt. Um, it wasn't until Willie felt that. He didn't feel this financial burden anymore that he could finally focus on our, on our family and our marriage. Um, so that was our experience with that. So I would just really recommend that um, you do take debt seriously, but that you also need to focus on your family as well. So you can see, I'm, I'm not exactly the example of, I'm not this uh, real great example of how to, how to do things. There's, there's certain things that I did maybe correctly as far as the, the focus that I had on debt, but, uh, um, but I missed out on a lot of other aspects. If, in a lot of ways, I wish that I would have had the education aspect of of what I've gone through with with crown financial uh, at this point already with um, with learning to uh, to understand the the balance with things and uh, and in learning to understand that there's certain things that you don't even you don't even take debt on about 
made a little chart about to see where we kind of fit in with, uh, with our attitudes. Um, obviously, our focus is, as the Bible says, we are to be uh, a good steward. Um, I'm not sure if the chart is real clear, but basically, if you ask yourself, um, possessions are, what's your natural response? Is it evil, a responsibility, or a right? You can see the column that you actually fit into. Um, or I, I work to, you know, is it to serve Christ? That's, that's what our goal should be. Or godly people are poor, faithful, wealthy. It's faithful. Or, or what's our answer to what ungodly people are? Or I give um, because I must, uh, because I love God, or to get. My spending is prayerful and responsible. If we really take the time to think before we spend some of our money, um, it's so convenient to just simply, we have it, I'll spend it. I mean, today, it actually goes a whole lot further. I don't even have it, but I want it, so I'm going to get it. And we go into debt. One of the things that happens here and now on, on this earth already is I tried to do a little bit of a, a flow chart thing, but it's, and this is something that I can, I can 100% attest to. There's a cycle. There's an absolute cycle on life. And God keeps that cycle going in each of these cases, but it starts with us. If we give, our needs are met. The Lord provides. When our needs are met, we have material increase. If we have material increase, we have the ability to give more. And it becomes a cycle. And I can tell you from in my life, there has been a lot of instances. And this is where we're in the middle of debt where I can't, I can't see over that mountain, so to speak. Um, where we have felt convicted. The Lord is saying, you need to give in particular instances. And, and we go... We don't, we don't even have anything to give. I don't even know if I'm going to make the mortgage payment for that month. And, and we still do what the Lord asks us to do. You give, and it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing of how the Lord, because we put him first, he gives the increase. He, he meets our needs. It, it's, the, the, it's happened so many times in our life that and unless you actually do it and try it, you'll experience it. But it's when the Lord is showing you to do it. It's not just, I'm just going to simply go do this in order so that this kind of cycle starts. The Lord will show you when, the, when there's a need. He will convict you. But when we do what the Lord asks us to do, it's amazing of how he takes over in ways that we would never, ever, ever imagine. So, I can afford it. Why not? What are some things that we run into? Um, these are some examples of where we're not being a good steward. I don't need to elaborate on them. I'm the one that's sweating. <laughs> Work. It's, uh, it's something that we must do. Um, I mean, this started right from in Genesis uh, with, uh, you know, with Adam. It, it's, 
It's a curse in a way. Second um, Thessalonians three, ten to twelve says, "For even when we were with you, this we commanded you that if any would not work, neither eat or not work, neither should he eat. For we." We hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but are busybodies. Now them that are such we command and exhort by our Lord Jesus Christ that with quietness they work and eat their own bread. So we can see what the Bible says about work. I mean, if we don't work, we shouldn't even eat. There needs to be a balance. That's something that that I didn't do very well in my life. I mean, I worked. I worked day and night. I worked all the time. Um, did I have to do it that way? No. It's because I didn't involve God in that part of my life, in that part of my decisions. If you work hard, you're in demand. If you're, if you're a dedicated worker, you are in demand. But that doesn't mean that because more and more is offered to you, that you have to keep taking more and more of those hours. I looked at it as, at that time, that... Uh, um, uh, well, my boss would be upset with me if I didn't accept those extra hours or all that overtime. It's not the way it is. When we involve the when we involve the Lord with it, Lord works all those things out. I wish I would have learned it ten years earlier. Or I kind of knew it. I didn't listen to it. Promotions in our workplace. It seems to be like a goal that a lot of us have. You know, we, we get into these different positions and uh, we, we want to move up the ladder and we want to get those promotions. We want to work hard to get those promotions. The Bible has something to say about that. Psalm 75, 6-7 says, For promotion cometh neither from the east, nor from the west, nor from the south. But God is the judge he putteth down one and setteth up another. It's not what our goal should be in life. It's God will look after that. It's not for us to look after. It shouldn't be our focus. Loyalty from the employees and employers. Ephesians 6, 5-9 talks a lot about it. So servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and signalness of your heart as unto Christ. Not with eye service as men pleasers, but as servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart. With good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth, the same shall he receive. The same shall he receive the Lord whether he be bound or free. And ye masters, employers, do the same things unto them, forbearing, threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Investing. We should be saving consistently on a regular basis um, people of this world so many of them just live paycheck to paycheck maybe not just people of this world there's a lot of Christians that do the same thing that is not what the Lord's intent is we need to we, we need to um, 
have some put aside so that so that it's if if there's something that comes up in our life that everything isn't just all of a sudden a big catastrophe and you know uh, all of a sudden it's like you know lord you got to provide this miracle instantly like right now it doesn't work that way it could but we have to be we have to be responsible proverbs 21 Proverbs 21.20, as far as um, what it says, There is treasure to be desired, and oil in the dwelling of the wise. But a foolish man spendeth it up. So, is it wrong to have this desire to be rich? Yes. Um, In Luke... We read, and he spake a parable unto them, saying, The ground of a certain man, a certain rich man, brought forth plentifully. And he thought within himself, saying, What shall I do? Because I have no room where to bestow my fruits. And he said, This will I do. I will pull down my barns, build greater, and there will I bestow all my fruits and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, Drink and be merry. But God said unto him, Thou fool, this night thy soul shall be required of thee. Then who shall those things be which thou hast provided? So that so, he, so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. What's the issue in this particular case? It's about I. I will do this. I will do this. It's not, Lord, what do you want me to do with? It's yours. It's not ours. It's not mine. It's all the Lord's. As in the one part where, uh, uh, on the statistics where I had is, um, you know, it's pretty clear, it's easy to to understand and know what the Bible talks about, tithing and, and 10%. But, what about that other 90%? It's not ours. 1 Timothy 6.9 says, But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. The Bible has a lot to say about it, but being rich is not a dollar figure. It's not a dollar figure. I could pick a number, but you got $100,000 sitting in a bank. Are you rich? Or the guy, the person that has a million dollars sitting in a bank account, is he richer? Not necessarily. A lot of it has to do with our direct mindset. And the more that we have, the greater responsibility we have. We're responsible to manage a whole lot more. You need to be a better manager. So, where to seek counsel? There's all kinds of people and places that want to tell you how to invest your money and do different things. Um, Number one is obviously pray and ask God for wisdom. Um, Seek counsel from godly people. And beware... A lot of financial advisors, um, they do have ulterior motives. They get paid to sell certain funds. They, there's, 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 a lot, there's a lot attached to why they're in that particular business. Seek counsel from godly people that 
are not necessarily being paid a wage or have any benefit whatsoever, but are strictly there to help you. How do we give to the Lord? One of the things of tithing, it's not about um, for at a point when we're financially free, then we will tithe. Um, It's not 10% of our income for charity in general. And I'm not getting into some of the exact specifics just because of because of time, but this is all directly from the scriptures. This 10% of our gross income is to the Lord directly, to the church. Um, this can include um, the direct arms of the church, ACCF in the States or ACCNBC in, in Canada. But when the Bible talks about tithing, it is giving directly to the Lord. The other things are still beyond that. Nehemiah um, 10.37 And that we should bring the first fruits of our dough and our offerings and the fruit of all manner of trees, of wine and of oil unto the priests, to the chambers of the house of our God and the tithes of our ground unto the Levites that the same Levites might have the tithes in all the cities of our tillage. Yes. What time is this supposed to be over? Oh. I will. Pr- I, I'm. I'm going to. Yes. I will have. I only got a couple more slides. I'll have time for questions. Good. Um. So. Pray daily that the Lord would show us other needs around us that may require our time or additional finances. Um, it's another way of us. Uh, there are so many needs around us, but just because we happen to see a particular need, that doesn't mean that's necessarily intended for us. We need to be in a in in prayer about what to do with our finances, how to manage it. It's not, it, it's not something that is just to be decided by us as individuals, us alone. I pray that the Lord would show us how to use the remainder, 90% of, of his money. I kind of mentioned a little bit on the introduction of the uh, uh, of the forum um, that you know the problem Jesus has with many of us is he's entrusted some of his assets to us or, uh, of his assets to us. Everything we have is from him. He expects that we'll be investing his assets in the interests of his kingdom. Unfortunately, his assets are frozen and we frozen some of us have most of Christ's resources all tied up in our own kingdom it's that kind of thing that caused God to ask in Malachi 3.8 will a man rob God well unfortunately yes an action plan well Obviously, we need to work hard. We need to keep God as our overall focus. We need to provide for our family's needs. What are our family's needs? When the Bible talks about needs, I think I touched on this actually a little bit earlier, but what are needs? No. Food and clothing. Bible doesn't include shelter in that. We add it. We know we need it, but according to the scriptures, it doesn't include shelter. Don't expect God to solve all the problems 
you created. Ask him for help with a repentive attitude. We need to understand and realize when we have, when we have put ourselves in, in certain situations that God never intended for us to be in. Um, but we can repent of that. And God is there. He will help us. But so many times we approach things in a way of, well, this is my situation right now. God help me. Well, our heart's not even right at that point for God to be able to help us. We need to have the right attitude. I believe that God will help you out of every situation that you did not create if we completely rely on him. I believe he'll help us out of any situation with the right repentive, uh, repentive heart. But there's a, God puts us through different situations at different times uh, for the purpose of actually teaching us to get us down onto our knees, to understand and realize that we really have absolutely no control that's all his control. Everything we have is his. So, some, uh, as far as I want to take this time for, for some questions, people have uh, questions. Um, also, just to uh, make you aware of uh, for where a lot of my material does, uh, does come from, as far as um, with the Crown has a website in the U.S., and in Canada, and um, um, and uh, I, I am actually at at this particular point. I'm a, I'm a certi certified uh, money map coach for uh, for Crown Financial. Um, but one of the reasons I, I went through that is because I, uh, I I seen the level of focus that they had on uh, on strictly on the Bible and uh, and with without actually having any other focuses other than on the Bible. And uh, it's been, uh, um, there's, there's actually uh, two individuals that uh, um, are involved with a lot of the uh, um, Crown uh, financial stuff. There, you'll probably hear of the, the name Howard uh, Dayton and uh, Larry Burgett. Um, uh, they're both I involved with the Crown financial. Uh, Larry Burgett has actually passed away now. He had his own separate uh, uh, ministry, and they, they had combined them. Any questions? I think we have a few minutes. Yes, we do. I got through it faster than I thought. That's good. Sorry, Rod. Um, as far as acceptable debt, uh, what are your thoughts on taking on debt for education? My thoughts are no. What are the Bible's thoughts? Well, the Bible... The Bible tells us not to have any debts. The Bible teaches us not to take on any debts. Well, your, slide, your slide where you listed practical, uh, practical uh, things, nowadays that we need to take on debts. You didn't list education. I didn't increase, increase, uh, I didn't include education because I don't believe that that's one of the areas that we should take on debt. I, uh, um, there is, we, to take on debt for education, we absolutely presume on, not just tomorrow, we're actually presuming that we're going to be there four years down the road, five years down the road, to be able to pay this back. We're responsible to pay back all of our debts. Um, I, that, I don't believe that that's what God intended for us. Um, I mean, that's... Um... Willie, can I comment on that? Yes. Probably the best approach would be for parents to, already at very young ages, put savings accounts, educational tax sheltered savings accounts in place for the college days. The problem sometimes comes in, and then that's a nest egg that the, the child presumes on, 
um, and they don't necessarily take their education as seriously. So somewhere there has to be a merger of them also saving in their teens before they hit college so that they're contributing to that nest egg of money as well. Because the handout often, we've seen, I taught actually at Conestoga College in Kitchener, those students that were just thrown into the education system, parents paid everything, are not serious students a lot of times. Not everyone, but a lot of them are. Or not as serious. Or not as serious. And uh, so it's a tricky one. It, it is. It, it, it absolutely is a tricky one. It, it's, it, it's I, I'm not saying that I have all the perfect answers to it, but from a biblical standpoint, there's, there's nothing that tells us in any way that we're authorized to take on debt. For the two things that you that you said that we are allowed to to use debt, uh, houses and businesses, um, where like where in, in scripture like did you get, get that? Is that just something? I I made that clear. It, it, it's not in the scriptures. That's that's basically just from uh, from a personal standpoint of if you meet that criteria, if you take on a debt for something like a house or in a particular business. Um, but there's the assets are able to cover the costs even in, in a market downturn type of situation whether it's a business or, uh, or in a, on something like a mortgage. You can get rid of that asset or that business and you can have the debts immediately covered. It's not left as outstanding. Um, uh, or let's say, let's say as an example, uh, you have a house, you pass away tomorrow. Is the value of that house covering off that debt? Well, so that's completely dependent on the markets, like whether you can sell the I house. Am, but I've included that as a criteria. Well, correct. It might take a while. It could take a while to sell, but it needs to be able to cover off the value that is left there. You said uh, don't get a loan for school. I mean, I understand because we shouldn't be, you know, tied to debt. So, what do you tell your children? Don't go to school. <laughs> you know, I could have told go to work. Go to work. Yeah, but go to work. What if you? What if if you go to work to save? to go to school. So at what age are they going to go to school? 35. <laughs> well, possibly, but there's a... Well, kids aren't, kids, kids aren't starting to go to university or college at the age of 14. We live in the same state. I can tell you that your kids, because I know plenty of kids in New Jersey, can start taking college courses at the community college now. If they maintain a three average, it's free. By the time they graduate, I know plenty of kids that by the time they graduated high school have had a year and a half, almost an associate's degree. So if there's you have to really look into it. There's that there's there's and a lot of states have that. Um, so and then I know plenty of people, I mean they went to work. They worked, maybe they had to work for two years before, or they took a part-time job while they were going part-time to school. I mean, I, my education was paid for. But um, my kids' education, I come from belief that I don't, I'm not here to provide my kids' college education. My husband is in the mortgage business. He sees plenty of people have plenty of money socked away in their kids' college fund if they're taking out a loan to do this or increasing the home and loan to do this or that and the other thing, it doesn't make any sense. There, there's, a certain, there's a certain attitude that's, that's out there of, uh, um, you know, we need to um, either pay for our children's education or, uh, or, well, they're still young. They don't need to work yet. They're too young for that. They can just... I mean, so many young people, it's just, uh, I just got to enjoy life right now, and, and uh, I'm not going to even start thinking about work until all of a sudden I'm at that, at that age where, oh, 
I want to go to college. Yes. Well, just to change gears here, um, or switch gears, when it comes to um, tithing, you talked about gross tithing, but is that really our money? Gross um, revenue is not necessarily our money because from gross we have to pay the overhead expenses, and that's really somebody else's money. So, no? I mean, no. Is it, isn't the net revenue our money that we're no. allowed to? No. Okay. No. It's it, on your, your pay stub, or not your pay stub, your T4. What does it say that you made? It's the gross income. Okay. It's not after the benefits were paid and, and the taxes were paid. and I mean, those are all categories that come in after that. Not even all the benefits are. The taxes are kind of on there, on, on your what, T4, I'm talking Canadian terms. But uh, our actual income that we make, if you're, talking, if you're negotiating with an employer what your salary is going to be, you don't negotiate what your net income is going to be. You negotiate your gross income. Your salary is your gross income. And that's, it's our first fruits uh, that the Bible talks about. It's, it's, it's right off the top. It's before we take anything out of it. Someone asked George Freund one time, do I tithe gross or net? And he said, well, what do you want to get back from God? Gross or net? Good point. Right? <laughs> I mean, t- t- tithing. <laughs> t- uh, I mean, uh, tithing. You have uh, it's it's a question that comes up a lot. You know, is it gross or net? Um, there's definitely nothing in the Bible that would indicate towards net. I just thought, you know, when we have our CPP, you know, EI and all those, so that, that's not necessarily our money. So I'm thinking we're actually tithing. Well, sure, you're. Th- these are things we are paying out. It's part of our responsibility. Well, I guess you're, you're right because it, EI would come back with to us if we were unemployed. It could. Um, it's an insurance. form of insurance. insurance. Uh, yeah. Your pension plan. It is. These are these are all costs that we are paying out from from our money that we get in the first place. And if you applied for a loan, you would apply against the gross, not the net. I mean, that's how well, it works. if they're looking at whether you qualify, yeah they're, uh, they're, yeah, they're not looking at your net. Although, in some ways, things are kind of calculated out, figured out how much, how much you really have. There are there are very specific statistics. When I sit down on on an individual basis with uh, with people, there are very specific uh, percentages of how much. Uh, how much of God's money in our lives should go maximums towards shelter, food? Um, it, it goes, it goes on and on. Um, and and there is a difference between those charts between U.S. and Canada. It's not the same. It's not the same. The cost of living is different. Um, but it's um, it, it, it's it, it's something. I mean, even as something like food, buying groceries. The majority of us, how we go about buying food and groceries, and the types of things that we buy, we spend way more than what we need to. Way more. Some people think, when I start budgeting things, the one thing I can't touch is that food budget. Wrong. It's one of the first places you can actually start. Any other questions? Just for clarification, I know what business Dennis is in. I think I heard the term, he asked if you you give 10% of sales. Is that the term I heard? You don't give 10% of sales if you're in sales. You give 10% of your income. Sorry, I might have misunderstood you. Were no, you no. saying within a business? No, no. Oh, okay. Actually, actually that, that could be another that, question. That is a, uh, another uh, Which is question. good. You, you've answered my question, but maybe you can answer that. That's a, you know, gross sales of a business. Uh, well, I, I thought that's the question he was asking. Oh, no, he was asking from a, from a personal level. Uh, um, in, in my opinion, from inside of the business, 
I don't think that there's anything that is directly qualified as far as what you give as as an income, uh, as like as far as to the Lord. Uh, the the only thing, that, and you could you could tie tithing into that in some ways, but in in my opinion, uh, I think where tithing starts to apply is once it's out of that business, when it's to a personal individual. Do I think that it's good for businesses to support charities and do different things? Yes. But I can tell you that also, at least in Canada, in, in most cases, um, your benefit of giving to charity through a business versus from a personal standpoint is quite a large difference. That You, you have a way bigger benefit because of, because of the way the government works at reducing your taxes and by by the giving to charity on a personal level, you get way more back from the government. I mean, literally in Canada, you get fifty percent. You can get but up. But in that sense, motivation back. shouldn't be for the purpose of write-off. Your motivation has to be from the perspective of giving to God. I agree, hundred percent. But isn't that a, isn't that also being a good steward? Where if you're saving taxes, that which you save, Absolutely. you can apply that to the Lord as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think we are out of time. Yes, we are. Thank you, everybody that came, and I hope that it was useful in some way or another. You have some. And if anybody has any ballots, I'll be taking the ballots. Everybody.